the home team should have stayed. It went to him. Oh, this has it. Five seconds to go. Bridges for three. Yeah! Oh! The big star delivers. The big star delivers. And that's what you want. The big star. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Spartans Wolverine's Beer Podcast. A little hiatus. Sorry again. Jordan. I can't seem to stay healthy right now. Jordan had the coronavirus. I quit drinking the Mexican beer, so I should be off. I should be out of the coronavirus spectrum now. So, so he's good to he is good to go. I hope he hopes. We hope. So yeah, welcome back. Uh, episode twenty seven. Crazy to think of that we've gotten this far. That we're approaching the end of February. Spring training. Kicking up, college baseball, college softball, NBA All-Star break, college basketball starting to hit critical. College, college basketball is getting to the apex here now. Uh, March is coming. Yeah, March is coming. NFL Combine is coming real soon. So, yeah, there's a lot. It's starting to heat up again in the sports world, then we'll hit the, the doldrums again, and, yeah. and then there'll be a doldrum for a little while. But... We'll face that when it happens. Uh, before we get into everything, uh, make sure if you haven't already, like us, uh, subscribe to us on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram. We're pretty much out there on everything right Any, now, man. Anywhere and everywhere, social media related. Yeah, find us, like us, share, rate, review, all that stuff. And speaking of social media, mm-hmm. we've. Uh, we're going to be doing a little fun things in the next coming weeks. Going to be leaving a little breadcrumbs for you guys. We're going to be doing some giveaways. Yep. So, yeah, like Lane said, we have just uh, keep an eye out on social media, probably mostly on Facebook. Yeah. Because I think that's easier for interactions, which is what this is going to involve. But keep an eye out. There'll be teasers. There'll be breadcrumbs, like he said. Um, kind of. Leading into and hinting at where we're going, but yeah, yeah. Well, when we share this episode this week, want to maybe hear what you guys think it could be or what you would want it to be. What kind of what kind of gifts or presents or giveaways or things would you like to see? What do you think? It's our Christmas in February. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So oh. keep an eye out for that. It'll be a couple weeks running here. We'll keep. Hinting at a little more and more. Got to keep listening to here to find out what it is because the big reveal will not happen on social media. It will happen no. on an episode, and you will get shouted out and everything for mm-hmm. if you're the winner. So, and we'll leave clear instructions on what you need to do. Yep. So make sure you're listening and following all the social media stuff. That's yes. very very important, and you're gonna like what this ends up being. I think. Yeah, I do, I do too. I think this is a pretty cool idea we came up with. So I like it. So previewing this week's episode, like I said, uh, we're going to talk a little college basketball. A lot changing the past two weeks for Michigan and Michigan State basketball. One team looking really good and one team not so much. They've kind of traded places. They kind of have. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit of the NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, we just had that pass. Going to do a little XFL. Kind of see what our thoughts are on this fledgling league and <laughs> kind of go from there. Uh, but before we get all into that, we're going to go over the, the news from the big headlines for the past couple weeks. And There's a few of them. There's a few of them. And I, I think the biggest story we should start off with is uh, Mel Tucker 
is the new, the 25th head coach for Michigan State Spartans. If you're a Colorado Buff fan, you're probably cursing the gods right now. and They are pretty upset. They are salty. So, Jordan, what... From a Michigan fan perspective, what are what are your thoughts on the hire? To me, it felt like I'm surprised, to be honest, because like we had talked about, we kind of thought they would do the interim, the trestle route, and give him the season and just kind of see how it worked and played out because it was February. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so hard to do this in February. But at the end of the day, I look at it and think, you know, they threw a lot of money at him, mm-hmm. and you you were going to have to throw a lot of money at anybody at this point because everybody's in the best negotiating position possible besides Michigan State at that point. I mean, they all had a job. Mm-hmm. Everybody was set in their place, so they had to throw a lot of money at him. And I kudos to Michigan State for doing it. Um, Mel Tucker's known as a recruiter, mm-hmm. so college football, that's important. Yep. And it's one thing that Mark D'Antonio had struggled with in the last couple of years. Their recruiting classes have been, well, this last one was downright abysmal. I'm like, their incoming class is terrible. So, in that sense, it's a really good hire. The other uh, side of that coin is he doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. So, you got a guy that had one five and seven season at Colorado, and that's really it. Now, he's been all over. Football landscape between the NFL and college. He's got two national titles. He's been on NFL teams. I mean, he's done a lot of different things. But as a Michigan fan, I think it's a it's a good hire for Michigan State given the circumstances. I think it was. I'm okay with it. I think it was a pretty smart move to to do what they did. I mean, looking back at it, I think if you would have done the trussle route, it might have actually hurt them more. Yeah, especially in the recruiting front because you had that <clears throat> stability. Not like when Ohio State did it. When Trussell left and Fickle held over, it was Ohio State. Right. Like, the cupboards weren't going to get gutted there. They That place was always going to have six more Ferraris in the garage. Right. So Michigan State, it kind of makes sense to go about it that way. Um, Mel Tucker doesn't have the best image because of this and how he handled it. Right. I think he handled it really poorly. Insane, you know, now I'm going to stay, and then I get it. They come back and back the Brinks truck up and give you all this money. But all the reports were he was at a couple donor events that night. He was on the radio two or three times that day, like, pitching Colorado. And then the news dump of, what, it was like midnight or something. Yeah, it was It was later. And they dumped it late and said, oh, yeah, we, we hired him. Like, wow. <laughs> so it was just kind of like when they, the NFL, when the um, – team wasn't packed up and moved in the middle of the night was the Colts when they moved to Baltimore yeah or, yeah. when they moved from Baltimore yeah. to Indy yeah. so it was the middle of the night nope load the truck up let's get out of here mm-hmm. but it'll be it's an interesting hire for sure because like I said he's a good recruiter and Michigan State definitely needs that yeah you know I I, I agree with that I mean it <laughs> like I said it was something that I was hoping that they could have held out for but I think given the circumstances I mean it is a good hire and the more I read into Mel Tucker and the more I see what he's doing I already like it I mean Michigan State gave him a boatload of money but they've also given him a boatload of money for assistance mm, that's the, that's no I, I have a feeling that was a very key part of this yeah I think so too I mean he, he's keeping Trestle which is good because so you've got your current players with Coach, he's keeping a couple other ones as well. Um, he needs to keep some, but he needs to get rid of most. Right. And already they've they've shown in recruiting at Michigan State they're going to focus more on a faster system, which that's what I've been clamoring for for the past 
oh how five months it's college football these days yeah I mean, I mean you have to so I mean it's I think it's a good hire given the circumstance I think it is good but I you know like you said with how everything's going with Colorado and the Colorado fans I mean that's essentially what he did to Colorado is what D'Antonio just did to us like I'm committed I'm not leaving yeah. and then poof I'm gone I mean I'm not I, I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking forward to see what he has to offer. I mean, yeah, he's only got one season, five and seven Colorado. But then, if, like you said, he's a good recruiter, and you look at the recruiting class he had at Colorado, I mean, that's a really good class for a pretty unsuccessful program. Yeah, for where they're at. I mean, Pac-12, and in the middle of nowhere in the Pac-12. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's going to be good. I think it he's going to be a good in-state recruiter, I feel like. I think Harbaugh's going to have some competition again. Um, Which that's how D'Antonio was successful. Mm-hmm. You know, he made roots at home. He got back into Detroit and yeah, was able to was able to mine that talent a little bit. And he's got to get back to that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's going to be a very interesting hire. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm very intrigued to see who he gets on for all of his staff. Yeah, I'm, there's a couple swings and misses already. I saw mm-hmm. he went after. Uh, I forget the dude's name in Kentucky. Yeah. One, the, basically, their ace recruiter, he went after him, and this guy said no. But, I mean, there's gonna there, at this point in the year, there's going to be a lot of swings and misses. Yeah. Because it's just it's a really bad time to be doing this. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see how he fills his staff out and kind of how the next year and a half progresses. Yeah. And, you know, it's, all, it, it's interesting, too, because in one day, he's generated more excitement for the Michigan State football program than it's been in two years. Yeah, he's, he's definitely bred some life into it. I, I definitely think you're going to see... Games selling out again. I I think if you can, they're also for all that money. Yeah, you well, yeah, you, yeah. You have to hope so. And I mean, with the the schedule and stuff, I he's gonna get tested. and He's gonna get tested quick. Yeah, this first year will be a real test of his gumption. I mean, it's the schedule is not. We've said it before. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anybody any favors. And what and you've already seen on Twitter. Some inner strife within the team. Um, I believe Jacob Panashuk said, "Yes, one of the coaches isn't kept that he's leaving." Yeah, he said, "If he's gone, I'm gone." And yeah. so, I mean, there's already some inner strife in there. You're gonna have that with yeah. this coaching. This is a big coaching change. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy that's been there for over a decade, and you're bringing in somebody totally new. And I mean, in real, all reality, he's untested. Yeah. I mean, he's he does have the success in the SEC, being the Georgia D coordinator and working with Saban. So, I mean that. It's a good hire, I think, given the, situ- the situation. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. I would agree. I'm intrigued. I want to see kind of how. I want to see what he does mm-hmm. St- staff wise. The staff, your staff, is so important in college, not just for X's and O's in game, but for the recruiting aspect. Yeah. If he can get him back up into consistently being a, a, a top twenty recruiter, then the, then this rivalry gets back to what it was. Mm-hmm. So they have a legit shot, right? So speaking of. Changes. Yeah. Next one was kite was was surprising, but I'm I'm not surprised that it's happened, but I'm surprised at how quickly it's happened. How it happened. Yeah, how it happened. Was uh John Beeline today was announced that he is stepping down. Effective immediately. Effective immediately of the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um I I could smell blood in the water when the whole thugs the slugs, thugs, thing. slugs thing came out. Yeah. I, I smelled blood in the water, and I also smelled it when <laughs> Kevin Love basically came right out and said to Dan Gilbert, "I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm still getting paid." Pretty and much, yeah. So I mean, it you have to feel bad for him. I mean, 
It's. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a different outlook on it, I guess. No. To me, this was always going to be a failure. To me, John Beeline, is, and I'm not trying to disparage John Beeline because he's one of the greatest, if not greatest, coach in Michigan basketball history. He is definitely up there in that conversation. He's not an NBA coach. This guy is a teacher. This guy takes the Duncan Robinson, who is a Division three college player, and eventually molds him into what he is now in the NBA. Yeah. He, that's what he's good at. He's not going to. He's never going to be the guy that takes all these players that get paid a hell of a lot more money than him and get them to work on jump stops and cutting and passing lanes and everything. They're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how he is as a coach. He's a teacher. He teaches. He's I, to me, it was never going to work. I'm I'm very surprised it ended as quickly as it did. I'm surprised, but mostly because John has an ego. Any competitive person has an ego, mm-hmm. and he gave up in all sense purposes. I mean, this is him waving the white flag and saying, "Hey, I can't do this." Now, part of me gets it because this this t- tells me he's not done coaching mm-hmm. because you, if. You don't step away from the team right now if you don't have intentions of getting back into the college game because you could just ride out the season and then at the end of the year say, hey, thanks, but this isn't for me. Right. But instead, he gets out now, and in about three to four weeks, the college basketball coaching carousel is going to start because mm-hmm. teams that don't make the tournament, Texas, yeah. are going to get – to fire in their coaches. Indiana. Archie Miller better be feeling hot right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, so now John Beeline can sit back and say, hey, I'm available. Yep. And every college coach in America is going to call him. Mm-hmm. So I get it from that perspective. It's disappointing. I wanted him to be successful because he did do great things for Michigan. And he'll always be a Michigan coach in my mind. But as long as he doesn't go to Indiana. If he goes to Indiana, I'm going to cry. But <laughs> It's my greatest fear. It's the that he Archie gets fired and he takes the Indiana job. That's my greatest fear. Takes him to oh he would Hoosier tights. Oh and, yeah, he would he would revitalize that program. That's like exactly what he needs. Mm-hmm. People will just come in there and play. He can get the one star that he needs and he can build up all of his other guys around it. Oh yeah, he would make Indiana so good, and that's scary. That is scary. I don't want to see that. So, but yeah, disappointing the way it happened, but. The way it did makes me think that he's he still wants to coach because he's 67 right now. Yeah, so. and you know what? I, I agree with that. I think, like you said, the, the timing is really good for him to still get back in the college game. I mean, it makes sense. Like you said, college teams are going to start hiring. My number one would be Texas, I feel like, would be – I, I think he could do. He would, I don't know if he would do it. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't see him necessarily going south and going to Texas. He's I mean, not he would dominate. Get, he's not going to get into the dirty money stuff because, right. like, and when you, everybody knows, you get into the SEC and some of those Big Twelve schools. It's dirty money down there. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are cutthroat for everything. So he's not. Going to get into that. Well, and he, That's why he got out of the college game. Well, and he st- stayed relatively true to his Midwest, Midwest route. Yeah, and he's stuck with Cleveland. I mean, it didn't work. And I mean, Cleveland was just a weird fit to begin with, dude. If, but if you think about it, if you take LeBron James away from Cleveland, mm-hmm. they might be the worst sports franchise in the history. Any sport. Yeah. If you take LeBron James away from the Cavs, when were they ever good at anything? Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. Take the LeBron James years away. 
They're never they 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 are worse than the Browns. Oh yeah, and there's if you take him out of it. Well, and they're the I think they're second worst team in the league right now. Yeah, I mean they've been they've always been horrible. When LeBron comes home, they win for a couple years. He goes away, and they shit again. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, hey, you know, Andre Drummond. Yeah, I heard he was part of it too. Yeah, I heard he already told Dan Gilbert if Beeline was there next year, he was walking. Yeah. So, which to me that's crazy. I mean, <sighs> I mean just walked in the door. He's been there a month. Yeah, yeah. and whatever. Yeah, that's a yeah. mess. Uh, speaking of another mess. Yeah. You like my transition? Let's, let's, let's move north a few hours yeah. here and find another one. Oh yeah. So the Lions, if you're if you're reading the the social media and the tweets, there's two big names that are. Up on the trade block, and we'll start off with Matt Stafford. Um, you read if you listen to Mel Kiper, Lions are taking Tua. They're not listening to any offers. They're going Tua to to show Martha Ford that it's a big f you, and we're going to do what, and Bob Quinn's going to do what he wants to do. And to me, why? I don't see it with Tua. I really don't. I think Tua's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. He's not a top five pick. He's not going to. He at three, you're drafting your cornerstone. Yeah, and he's not. The no, I, no, I don't. I don't see it. I honestly, I don't. Um, I hope for Matt Stafford's sake that it happens, so he can go somewhere and potentially maybe win. Well, and Kelly, I mean, she never stops Instagramming about shit about the Lions and she takes a shit on ownership whenever she can. See, I'm not on Instagram. I feel like yeah, I need She's, she's interesting because she, I think those two were in LA when all these rumors came out and she said, well, if they don't want us, we'll just stay in LA because if you didn't know, the Chargers let Philip Rivers walk. Be a good fit. Mm-hmm. It'd be an exciting fit for them. Personally, I think it's a lot of and analysts and I air quotes very visual podcast uh, very visual that are trying to drum up these false rumors to get the Chargers it's a very Patriots move it's a very Patriots move and I think that's what it is is that they're trying to say hey you don't want them we're taking Tua don't don't make us draft them and then we trade back and we get a shitload of picks and. But that's not something the Lions ever do. No, but I, but there's a lot more stakes this season because Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia both know that they're out the door if they don't this succeed, and which that's the other side of it. Why would you straight away your franchise quarterback if you know your jobs are on the line? Yeah, you season? can't start a rebuild right now. No, no. If you're going to do that, that was two years ago. Right. It's not now. And then the second part is Darius Slay. Now, this is, I believe, a lot more validity to this. Um, there's been a lot more offers out there, and supposedly the Lions are off asking for a lot. But he's an all-pro corner. Yeah, he's a two, He's like a two- or three-time Pro Bowl corner. I mean, supposedly the league sources all the Lions are going to get are like a third and a sixth, yeah, well, yeah. which to me, that's insanity. Yeah. Now, Slay wants to get paid like $15 million a year. I mean, that's... So do I. You know, so do I, but I... That's gonna be a, it's a it's a hard ask. I feel like for Slay, but I feel like it's even worse for the Lions to let him walk or try to trade him away because he he has another year left in his contract. Yeah, why not write it out for it now? And then and then franchise tag him one more year, right. like so you guys can work it out. And he's twenty nine. Maybe you win. Yeah. <laughs> 
can't believe I just said that. <laughs> you feeling that coronavirus? Well, I think it's coming that back. That fever spiking? No, it's coming back. Um, but no, I mean, it. you look at the situation. <laughs> he's 29. He's By the time this is all said and done, you franchise Hagenby could be 31 or 32. It'd be smart of the Lions. It'd behoove the Lions. Dropping some big words in there today. Wow. That I'm to get my dictionary out. Dictionary. <laughs> um, that they write it out and just see what happens. I mean, if if you guys end up sucking this year, then by all means. And he has another all-pro year, then yep. Yep. get what you can get. Get what you can get, and you get what you get for both of them. Right. But right now, when everything's supposedly, supposedly on the line... Why? Why start now? Yeah, you're really you're gambling. Well, and you look at next year's quarterback class. Like, if you suck as bad as you did this year, you're, there's a guy named Trevor Lawrence. Then you can unload Stafford or whoever's at number one and say, "Hey, we'll give you him and our one for for that one, so we can have Trevor Lawrence." Yeah, and everybody in Detroit is okay with that, except for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody. I I would be okay with that. I mean, next year's quarterback class is just as deep, maybe deeper. Yeah, probably even deeper. So, if you're gonna draft your next year parent, Detroit, if you're listening, do it next year. Wait one more year. Wait one more year. Yeah, it'll be an interesting couple weeks here when the combine comes and then the draft comes through. It'll be interesting to see once those pro days start hitting. It's yeah. gonna be real interesting, especially Tua's. Tua's gonna do. There's gonna be so many people surrounding that. Oh, Sports Center is going to be creaming their pants over it. Yep, they're they're hoping that he is physically capable to have a pro day. Mm -hmm. And all all indications says he's going to. Yeah, we'll see. So I... I don't. I don't think. I, I think that wraps up the news, man. Do you? You yeah, got anything else? No, I think. I think we kind of touched on it all. There's a lot going on, like we said. You know, Mel Tucker and John Beeline and all the stuff with the Lions, and spring training starting baseball. So I mean, that's starting to pick up a little bit. The Tigers are going to try to not lose 120 games. Oh, and Mickey came in underweight this year. Yeah, that's a first. I didn't have a long time. So, and then remember, keep your eye out for those breadcrumbs. Because they'll be out there. So, all right, yeah, no, I think we can shut down the news and we'll get into a little bit of college basketball talk here in just a minute. All right, you heard the music, so let's talk a little college basketball. Um, as we kind of alluded to in the opening there, the college basketball season is getting it's getting hot and heavy right now. March Madness is two the sun two weeks away. Not this Sunday, not next Sunday, I think the following Sunday. Yeah, so I think three yes, weeks. Three weeks. Something like that. It's coming up fast. Um the bubble is getting bigger and bigger and teams are starting to separate themselves and play their way in and play their way out. The Big Ten is still flirting with that 10 to 11 team range and getting in and out. We're talking to you, Indiana and Minnesota. Can you help us break the record or not? Are you in or are you not? Yeah, that's the. those are the two big teams right now on the bubble talk for the Big Ten. But So let's talk a little Michigan, Michigan State. Um, Obviously, we'll go back the last two weeks here since we didn't do anything last week, and things have really changed. 
mm-hmm. and we kind of we kind of talked about it on our last episode. You know, it was a it was a big couple game stretch for both teams. You know, it was Michigan was coming off of playing pretty poorly, and they got Livers back, and this stretch of games was in their favor. And could they win some and really rebound? And Michigan State was well, they got to play a lot of road games here. They've been kind of shaky. Can they right the ship, or where are they going to sink? And it, it kind of seems like Michigan and Michigan State have completely switched spots mm-hmm. within the last two weeks. So Michigan's won five out of six, I think, is what it is now. The last week they beat two, had two 25-point victories at Northwestern versus Indiana. Now, granted, those are two teams at the bottom of the conference, but 20-point wins in conference are, are no, nothing to slouch at. Right. And then Michigan State goes to Illinois and gets a big win. In a spot where they were looking at, that was that would have been their fourth loss in a row, mm-hmm. which under Tom Izzo was like unprecedented. Like that doesn't happen, and they they found a way. I don't know how they found a way, but they found a way to pull away. to pull that game off because Ayo Desuma blew his blew his leg out going down the court the last possession. But and then they turn around. Was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday because yeah. it was game day. Maryland comes to Breslin, and Michigan State has a. Uh, 13 or 14 point lead at yeah. some point in the game. They're just running away with it. And then all of a sudden, they fall apart again. And Maryland comes in and wins the game. And it's in the last three minutes, Michigan State goes scoreless. Yeah. And loses the game by like seven or something. Yeah, seven. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I watched the end of the game, and being a Michigan fan, I was laughing. Because it was enjoyable, but being a Michigan State fan, I would have I would have ripped my hair out watching that game because it was just so. It's it was the same thing over and over and over again. Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman doing everything they can to will this team to win, and nobody else is doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like Rocket Watts played an amazing game on Anthony Cowan, but in the last three minutes, he completely got lost on defense, and Cowan hit three threes that changed the whole game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been the entire season. That's just kind of been the thing with Michigan State. It's Cassius and Xavier do their thing, and nobody else really has any big moments. We can't get any reliableness out of anybody. Their their lack of depth in the big their their big positions is glaring. Yeah, because Marcus Bingham is proving that in the Big Ten he really can't play because he's just he gets physically dominated by everybody. So they're trying to play Tillman. 35-plus minutes a game, and that's going to wear anybody down, let alone a big man. Mm-hmm. And then Cassius is just getting worn out. I, I don't know how that kid's going to have legs by the time the tournament is here. It's not. Yeah, because Foster Lawyer can't do it. No. That's, you know, to me, and I saw this on Twitter, and I wish I remember who it was, but to me that's the most – that has to be one of the most irritating things as a Michigan State fan is Tom Izzo's had Cassius Winston for four years now. And in those four years, he has not recruited another point guard. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to know when you recruited Foster Lawyer, he was not the solution. He's a good player to have on Michigan State as just a kind of role player. He's not your heir apparent to the point guard position. And you right. don't have one right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the plan for next year? How has Izzo had no point guards behind Cassius Winston? It's it's baffling to me. Because next year, it, it's going to have to be Rocket Watts, I yeah, guess. And say it's going to be Rocket Watts. And he's not a point guard. Like no. he's He is very much a scorer. Like He's going to shoot. He going to get his. He going to get his. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Michigan State games. One thing I can tell you about Rocket Watts, he's getting his shots up. He's going to get them up. So, to me, that's something that would be alarming for Michigan State. Um, 
Did you get any eyes on any of these games or any thoughts about it? No, I really didn't. Um, like I, I'm guilty of being somebody that more casual that once it gets to the end of mid March, that's when I really start paying attention for bracket time. Um, but I, I do have some notes. The biggest problem I see with this past weekend's loss to Maryland is Moni Bates was on campus like. There was excitement of the Mel Tucker hire, breaking out those vintage jerseys, game day, like all that excitement at Breslin, and then you blow it. Mm -hmm. And you've got a prospect here that they're saying. He's not a prospect. Yeah, he's 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 legit. Like this is, I mean, if there's a one and done player, <laughs> this is it. And he's probably generating more most excitement since Zion, I believe. And and, and, and I mean, like, what was it last night? He put up like. 60, 63 and 22 in a double overtime game. Yeah. This I mean, team almost lost. Yeah, this team almost lost, which is insanity. I mean, this this dude is a bona fide number one pick, and you blow it. And it's, if you're him, you're saying, oh, okay, this is kind of what's going on at Michigan State. I, yeah, they got excitement, and yeah, they've got all this good stuff going, but if they can't win the big games, I'm just going to go down to Chapel Hill or I'm mm -hmm. going to go down to Ann Arbor. Or I could actually see him end up going pro, but... I could, too, because I, I believe... Because he's what? He's a junior? He's a, yeah. Yeah, so he's a junior. He's a, he's a 22 recruit. Mm, I think 22 you can jump from high school, I think. Well, it's not. There's, there's no... The NBA has not set up a new that anything new yet. No, their their agreement runs out next after next season. Okay, so there can be a new rule at that point, but there is nothing in place yet. So it it's tentative. So he's going to play. The thought is the one and done will be gone. Yeah, that's the thought. They're well, because you've got him, you've got Zaire Wade, you've got Bronny Ronnie, James. Yep, they're I all mean, the, they're all in the same class. Yeah. So I mean, it's I think. Cade Cunningham, maybe? He's in this class. Is he? That's yeah. right. He's yeah. the number one recruit in this class. Okay. He's going to Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. But no, I, I just it's it it's unfortunate because it's an opportunity for Michigan State to get a possible transcendent player for that program. Um and you blew it. And you're not gonna get that kind of local talent doesn't come around. That's, that kind of talent is once in a generation. Well, when they were comparing like he, him to LeBron. Yeah, I mean, he's getting compared to LeBron and Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis in high school. Like, those yeah. are the comparisons he's drawing right now. Yeah, and that, that, I mean, you've got people down at Duke, North Carolina. I mean, you've. They're sending all the bagmen they can already. Yeah, so, I mean, they, you've got Kentucky. I mean, you've got some big schools out there that would die to have that talent for one season. Yep. And you just blew your shot. So I know for me it's disappointing. I mean, this Michigan State team, you know, going in kind of was hesitant, wasn't all in. I think, like I said two weeks ago, I think this number one ranking was the worst thing that could have ever happened to this team because I think it put so many faulty expectations on the program for this season that and then all the things that have happened with Cassius. And, and I, I think even just Izzo being roped into with D'Antonio and – in all those things, it's it's wearing on that program, and it's right. very apparent. Yeah, I mean, if I don't expect this team to do much at all when it comes to any time, um, but you know, stranger things happen. They could get hot and could get the good draw and just run with it. Yeah, th this tournament this year is going to depend so much on the draw. 
because there's no we've talked about it this whole time. There's no teams that are like, oh my god, they're so good, you can't get put with them. Like, no, there's probably 25 teams that could win a title this year. So it really, really depends on the draw and your matchups. Well, because if they get paired with some team that, like a Texas Tech, that not that exact team, but a team like them that is dirty, gritty, and just plays defense and can take catches out of the game, mm-hmm. they're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing that they have to be worried about because a lot of these teams that are going to be the bubble teams that are going to be the 8, 9, 10, 11 seeds, they're going to be those teams that they have flaws, but they have one thing they're good at. Mm-hmm. And if they get that team that's good at, they have a good on-ball defender to point guard, and right now, they, Michigan State hasn't shown the ability to overcome that. Yeah. So, and this is going to very much, I think, be a tournament of yeah, but it's going to be well. This team looks like Gonzaga. Yeah. yeah, they look really good. Yeah, but they lost by twenty points to St. Mary's. And they haven't played anybody yet. exactly until they can't stay healthy. Exactly. Yeah. No, San Diego State looks really good. Yeah, but their strength of schedule is like one twenty. Yeah. So I mean, it, and this Michigan State team is very much the epitome of yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah, they look good. Yeah, Cassie is good. Yeah, Xavier's good. Yeah, but that's it. That's it, right. So, uh, speaking of yeah, buts, then there's Michigan. So, Michigan has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde this year. They come out of the gates, like we all know, set the world on fire, go to the Bahamas, beat what we thought were three, had got three, three really good wins. Hindsight, looking back, they have one really good win with the Gonzaga, because North Carolina is terrible and Iowa State is terrible. But either way, they, they win the Bahamas. They, they start out, I think it was like 8-0 or something like that. And then Isaiah Livers gets hurt, and this team showed their youth. They showed their inability to defend. They, they showed their lack of leadership, and they struggled. But in that struggle, you saw guys like Brandon Johns and Austin Davis grow and grow fast and really become great players for this team. Fast forward a little bit, Isaiah Livers is healthy now. And he's back, and now Michigan has won, like we said, five out of their last six games. It's 7-14 right now, so they are currently playing Rutgers. Lane's looking at his phone to see what's going on, and I know nothing about it because I haven't recorded. So, this week they go to Rutgers and to Purdue. Tough week of games, but the way they're playing right now, you have to feel pretty confident about it. I mean... Isaiah Livers has shown that he glues this team together, offensively and defensively. Their defense, since he's been back, has improved a million times. And it's it's just simple things like communicating and talking that he's done for three years now, and some like Brandon Johns hasn't done. Austin Davis hasn't done. So I'm very curious how these last four or five games go for Michigan because – with livers healthy, you're playing teams that you've already played outside of Maryland without Isaiah Livers. So you go to Ohio State, who beat you at your place by three without Isaiah Livers. you got to feel pretty good about that. Nebraska comes to your place, you beat them out there, they're not very good. So, But now you go to Rutgers, who you beat at Madison Square Garden. You beat Purdue at home. So you got all these teams that you're going to play, again, now with Isaiah Livers. So and if this team right now, if they get hot, they went from a team that was talking about 8, 9, 10 seeds. They could play their way up to potentially a 4, I've seen. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that requires a lot of wins on the road that are 
Not likely. I don't see them going to Maryland and getting wins. Purdue this weekend is going to be really hard. Tonight's not going to be an easy game. Rutgers is undefeated at the rack. So, but all that said, this team has turned into a very well-balanced eight-man rotation. It went from, man, we really just need bodies, to now we got eight guys that seem pretty competent. Mm-hmm. They can roll out there. They have a good rotation. They can go small. They can go big. Franz Wagner has started to really assert himself defensively and on the on the glass getting rebounds. He's like showed to be an elite rebounder. He's averaging like 10 rebounds a game the last three games. Like insane for a freshman. Get his scoring numbers to go up and this team could just be astronomical. So it's the exact opposite of what we were saying about Michigan State, I feel like right now. Right now Michigan is ascending and they're a team where you get if they get into the tournament as like a six seed, there's nobody that's gonna want them in the bracket. Right. I guess uh, the Michigan six seed is has to be terrifying for teams right now. Because mm-hmm. you talk about a very veteran team at this point, because now Xavier Simpson and John Teske, who with the last win become the winningest players in Michigan history, they've been to two Final Fours. Eli Brooks has been to a Final Four. Isaiah Livers has been to a Final Four. You talk about a team now that's led by a lot of guys who have been there, done that. Mm-hmm. So, and they're playing better now. They're making shots. Dave DeJulius is coming off the bench in 10 to 12 good minutes, and he's filling up buckets. Brandon Johns looks like the most confident player on the court now. When last year, he looked terrified. And even four weeks ago, he did not seem confident. And then there's just the... All of a sudden, somebody put a spell on Austin Davis, and this kid just gets buckets now. Mm-hmm. He can't guard a soul still, but he gets the ball in the post, and it's a bucket. It don't matter who's guarding him at this point. He's one ugly dude, but he finds a way. That's what ugly dude. He, he is, but hey. And I like Ant Wright on Twitter. He calls him, he found, he came up with the name Custard Shack. Oh, God. So they're calling Austin Davis Custard Shack. He has become a meme on Twitter now. Like, it's a big deal. Oh, God. So, all that said, Michigan is trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I think signs are very positive right now. All the reviews of Jawan Howard are glowing. He's, for what we can tell, we're killing it on the recruiting trail. Now there's talks that they might get Josh Christopher and Greg Brown. So that would be three five-stars in this class that – was just unfathomable six months ago. Yeah. But, man. He, I, I, to me, I feel like he, he's finally getting comfortable in his role as well. He's finally understanding his players better. He's seeing the full potential, and he's putting them in places to win. I, yeah. think, I think the influence of Phil Martelli is mm-hmm. really starting to show mm-hmm. uh, with the on-court stuff. Like, Phil Martelli was a coach for 30 at St. Joe's for like 34 years or something like that? Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> the dude is a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, he's been there, done that. So these guys are learning from somebody that has seen it all, done it all. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're starting to see the fruits of those labors. Yeah, and then I, you got a guy like Howard Isley who played in the NBA. Juan Howard been in the NBA. Saudi Washington's been there. but and Man, I mean, it. It's, Michigan is, dare I say, becoming a basketball school. If you ask the Twitterverse right now, they're well. Right now, they're a baseball school. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they are ranked number one in the country right now. But <laughs> I'm just saying, they have baseball America has number one. Some of the other ones don't. But there's like there's college baseball has like twelve different ranking systems. It's crazy, man. It's dumb. Doesn't make sense. But they are ranked number one yeah. in the country right now. So. They look good. But no, that you ask the Twitterverse, and this it's you're transitioning I mean, from. The, but Michigan Twitter is so ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like it's so bad. There's so many fans that are. Oh, it's nauseating. It's hard being a Michigan fan sometimes because they're just so annoying. But no, I, it's 
Like, even Greg Brown's dad, Sam Webb, did an interview with him, and he said they were surprised when they came and saw how passionate the Michigan fans were about basketball. Mm-hmm. We thought they were just they just showed up for football games, but no, they showed up for basketball games, too. Because, like, you talked about with Imani Bates being there for the Maryland game. Greg Brown was there for the Michigan State game for Michigan. Yeah. So then there were other recruits there, too. So that they, doesn't they, hurt. They got to see an environment and the opposite side of that, mm-hmm. where they did finish a game and a big rivalry and it was loud and everything. So, and that that matters in recruiting. Oh, absolutely. These kids are very impressionable. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of what kind of impression can you set in that one time? So, big week for Michigan. They're playing. Said so by the time this by the time you hear this, you'll know what happened at Rutgers. And Saturday at two o'clock at Purdue, Mackey's a. Ask Michigan State yeah, how Mackey Arena is. It's not fun to go there and play. So I think this week you're happy with a split. If you can get one of, one of these this week, you have to be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you get them both, you're ecstatic. Uh, I don't know. what is Michigan State only has one game this week, right? I think they have Minnesota. I think you're right. Let me I look. can't remember, and I can't look at my phone because there's things that will pop up that I'll see. Just give me a second. Awkward pause. Awkward. I know they only have one game this week. I think they play tomorrow. Yeah, it's Nebraska. Nebraska. So okay, that's really a perfect time. They need they need, they need to beat the shit out of you game right now, just mm-hmm. to get their confidence up. So that's good. That's good for Michigan. Yeah. State. And after Nebraska, though, it's not easy sledding. Home against Iowa Ooh. at Maryland at Penn State. Home against Ohio State. Yeah, that's a rough finish. That's, <laughs> that's those are four sledding. teams that are at the top of the conference right now. But Ohio State's playing. Probably some of the best basketball right now. Very well could end up looking eight, like 18 and 13. It's a tough sledding, so. That's pretty. You need to get that big win tomorrow. Get yourself feeling good. Oh! Yeah. Get a good break in. Um, no, I don't know. I think college basketball, the, the Big Ten's going to be interesting. I was talking to go a guy at work. I, it would be worth it to buy the, the week pass for the Big Ten yeah. tournament. Just go out and watch every game. Because you're going to see great basketball for four days. Yeah. Like you're gonna get your fill. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is gonna be fun down mm-hmm. there. I mean, you can probably skip the Wednesday games. You could go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those would be the really good ones, because of, in all reality, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every single one of those teams in those games is gonna be in the tournament. Yeah. At that point, unless there's some upsets that happen, <laughs> but those are all tournament games. Like <laughs> that's the insane part about the Big Ten. Like there's they're locked. At, like they have eight teams that they say are a lock right now, mm-hmm. and then nine, ten, eleven. Are close to locks, but they're in or first four and first four out kind of thing. So the Big Ten tournament's going to be a riot. Oh, and it's going to be where it belongs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What, do you have any other college basketball thoughts in general? Or no, nah, man, I'm uh, I'm ready to break into some tourney. I think we've kind of discussed about maybe doing something fun for the tourney. Yeah, we might do a bracket pool or something. We can do something on ESPN or whatever. Yeah. We'll see. We'll look into it. We got other breadcrumbs we have to sprinkle still. Breadcrumbs. Just keep looking for them. Just keep looking. I feel like Hansel and Gretel right now. We're just sprinkling it as we can get our way back home. You know. <laughs> God, that was an image. If you guys could have seen that, you would have loved it. So, <laughs> all right. Before we get too far into this, let's uh, let's shut this down and then we'll do a uh, talk a little NBA All Star Weekend and some XFL before we shut this down for the week. So uh, let's talk a little. NBA All-Star Weekend. So, Friday night was the, I guess, Rising Stars Challenge or something like that. Yeah, the, World against U.S. Like and that, yeah. 
it evolved into a dunk contest that we didn't get to see. The only ones really dropping the hammer that actually could was Brandon Clark. Um, Zion was trying to pull off some crazy-ass dunks, couldn't do it. Ja tried pulling off some dunks, couldn't do it. Well, Ja can do it. Oh, Ja can, ja can do it. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. He can, can do it. He just didn't get it there. the hammer. Um, so that was a little fun night, a little precursor to a really good, I feel like, Saturday night for All-Star Weekend. Yeah, I got. A, we, we watched a little bit of it, but I didn't see all of anything. I, my little pick was uh, Chris Middleton for the Skills Challenge. I, I really liked him. And then Bam Adebayo, another big man coming out there showing that he can... Jawan Howard prodigy. Jawan yeah. Howard really mentored him yeah. in Miami when he was yeah, there. And he's, he's turned into a beast. So, I mean, he, he closed it out against uh, Sabonis, which that was another surprise. Sabonis ended up advancing, beating out. I think it was Chris Middleton who's he be, who he beat out. That's Middleton ended up kicking the ball. And, and it's funny because the, that skills challenge is always supposed to be point guards. Yeah. And now it's all big men winning it. Yeah, it seemed like it really took over when Carl Anthony Towns won it a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and then three-point contest, that was a really good Yeah, contest. I didn't see any of that. I mean, and Buddy Heald won that, right? Yeah, Buddy Heald won it. And it ended up being uh, Dame Lillard was going to be in it, and he gave his spot to Devin Booker. And then it ended up being Devin Booker went to the finals. And then one came down to Buddy Heald, Devin Booker, and I think Booker got 27 and Heald got 28, mm-hmm. which that's nuts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was that was a good contest. Buddy Heald, like we said, ended up winning it all, which that was kind of a surprise. Um Speaking of Michigan prodigies. Yeah, thank you. Good God. Yeah, that happens. I haven't been drinking or anything. Maybe you need to. (laughs) Might have to. Uh, Duncan Robinson was in it. I don't remember how he did. Not Not well enough. Not well enough, yeah. Um, And then lastly, it all closed with the dunk contest. Highly contested, highly anticipated. Got Dwight Howard returning. That was a flop. I did see some. Of the see, dunk and contest. I, you know, I don't think he did as bad as everybody's giving him credit for. I mean, the dude's what 32, 33? So I mean, he did good. Pat Connaughton did good. That double bounce off the backboard dunk. That's plus over Giannis. Plus, he did the white man can't yeah. jump. I mean, you got to give him props for the creativity. So he he killed it. Um, but the controversy really lies in. The overtime again of Derrick Jones against Aaron Gordon. I mean, Aaron Gordon did, in my opinion, five fifty dunks in a row, and he dunked over Taco Fall. Yeah, like the dude is seven eleven or whatever the hell he is seven six. The dude dunked over him, like, but but he but he he teabagged him. Oh, so I that's why he lose. So he jumped to seven four and a half instead right. of seven six. Well, and that's and that's what's interesting is because Candace Parker was one of the the judges, and she said that in going into his dunk, they had all assumed that they're all going to score fifties, call it a tie. Well, what do you expect when you got Dwayne Wade, Derek Jones' teammate, on there? So the the controversy is thick. That he gives them a nine, and I. I think it was Chadwick or the Black Panther actor. I think he maybe gave him a nine as well. So then he ends up losing, and Aaron Gordon at the end of it's like, I'm done. Like I'm not doing this anymore. And it's Derek or Aaron Gordon. The two dunk contests he's done has given us some of the best dunks 
ever. Dude's impressive. I mean, the one dunk off the side of the backboard doing a 360 one-hand windmill dunk. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And he had still hang time. Yeah, that was the most impressive thing about it with both of them, really, the hang time that those two got. Because, like, there were times where if you would have paused it, Aaron Gordon's chin was above the rim. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude... That dude is stupid. That dude is insane. And they kept showing Dominique Wilkins, too, and then my wife asked me who that was, and I told her, and I'm like, yeah, back in his day, this was no dunk contest where mm-hmm. it was all about how like how fine you made a dunk look yeah. like. You didn't, you didn't do this creative, crazy shit. Yeah, it really was Blake Griffin <laughs> dunking over the Kia is when it kind really... the showmanship Yeah, the pageantry. Yeah. Yeah, it... But overall, I mean, I think this was one of the better NBA All-Star Weekends we've had. Um, the All-Star game itself was good. I heard it got a little chippy. Yeah, they all played super intense. They said they did it, like, for Kobe, which that's the way Kobe would have wanted it played. And, yeah, it got intense. People actually playing defense. I mean, still the scores were, like, 170 to, like, yeah. 168. I mean, it's still insane. But, yeah, there was actual defense, which is Kawhi Leonard won MVP. Um, and I don't know if you saw the recent clip where he came out to do his all-star interview after the game, his Kobe Bryant MVP award interview, and uh, there was a Gatorade bottle sitting on the table, and he goes, oh, not sponsored by Gatorade, and he threw it down. <laughs> That's awesome. That dude's a national treasure. Kawhi is, he is, he is, he is such a gem. He is the ultimate introvert, like he is uh, mecca for introverts. Yeah. I want to put him and Marshawn Lynch in a room together. Let oh my God. Let him have, like, get interviewed. <laughs> Who could say the least amount? Here you go. Kawhi Leonard and Marshawn Lynch sitting next to each other with Lane Kiffin and Mike Lejack asking the questions. Oh my God. <laughs> Talk about TV gold. There would be sound bites for years I'm, out of that. I'm writing this down so then we can, we can pitch the show. There you go. Good luck. I love it. Anything Mike Leach and I'm in, he's here. He's my hero. Oh, well, he's going to the SEC, man. Oh, yeah, the Egg Bowl's going to be my new favorite rivalry. That's going to be a fun game. But, no, we'll get back to uh, NBA All-Star Weekend overall. thought it was a great weekend. Um, I thought it was a good change of pace for the NBA given circumstances of the past few weeks with Kobe. Um, I think it was a great way to honor him and Gigi. And the thing that Common did was pretty cool. Yeah. His pregame, I don't know, montage or whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, Dre did a special mixed tape or, yeah. or something for him, which that was great. Um, I don't know, man. Do you got any thoughts on uh, All-Star Weekend? Or? No, I, I didn't I didn't get a whole lot of eyes on it. We watched, we watched the end of the dunk contest or whatever because, you know, that's about it. It's but, Valentine's weekend. You might as well. Yeah. So, and I'm not huge on the NBA and, and as a whole. But. As a whole. So what about the XFL? Again, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts on this. I've heard some things about the rules and kind of the style of play or whatever, but I don't know a whole lot about it. The coolest thing I saw was the fans that made the, <laughs> the cup tower the or cup whatever. Snake. It was like 75 feet long. That was amazing. <laughs> they must have got cups from sections on – like people must have just been passing them. They probably were. The thing was huge. XFL is like turned into like a party. It's like the ultimate yeah. growth sport right Why now. Why not? Um, you know, I think it, it it's really interesting. I mean, it's a it if you have a football craving right now, it definitely itches your fix. It's there at a good time. Yeah, the timing is really good for it right now. Um, I like the kickoffs. 
At first, when I watched it in the initial the opening game, I was like, "What?" what the it hell? felt kind of gimmicky. Yeah, I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" And then, like you more you watch, you're like, oh, "That makes a world of sense." Like a league that used to be not known for player safety is saying no. We're taking concussions in consideration. But then you see that, and then the next drive, a middle linebacker absolutely rips the head off of a running back, which that is n- it's nice to see that they are able to hit each other again, but at the same time, some of the hits are like, oh, yeah. God, the NFL, that's 15. Yeah. Or that's an ejection. And yeah. No, it's, I, I thought the uh, point after touchdowns was cool. I really like that. I, I think... I think there's several things the NFL could take away from the XFL. I think kickoffs. I think the extra points. I think that's a really cool idea. Um, yeah, because it's like from the two-yard line, you can go for one. Yep. The five is for two, two. and the ten is for three. Yes. So that, that's kind of cool. And you're not – there's you can't kick an extra point, No, right? there's no kicking of yeah, an extra so point. Yeah, so it's all like two-point conversion attempts. Mm-hmm. But it's however far away you are is how many points you get for it. And so it's you could be down nine, and it's a one-possession game. Yeah, and, it, it's, and it's a fun league because yeah. it – like the interview, like Matt Lagoyne this past weekend got super critical of his team, and he threw a pick, and they were right in his face, like, "Hey, yeah, I heard that? Like, what's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, I did this, and they benched him." They're doing like immediate, yeah, sideline immediate like interviews. Damn, that's like, intense. Pat McAfee was doing some of them, and it was gold. Oh man, I wish I like, seen he's, that. He's commentating some of those games. You right. should check it out. God, Pat McAfee is—he is my hero for commentating yeah. for the brand. Yes, I love that dude. No, but he's. It overall, I think it's a really exciting league. It's very interesting. I think <sighs> the one thing that's super apparent though is that there's no star power. Yeah, there's none, and there's there's nothing to me that draws me back in for next week. So I've heard rumor that they're they're tossing around the idea of potentially drafting sophomores in college, and that's so what college I've heard. kids can come out one year earlier and play a year in the XFL. That to me might be a million dollar idea. That's a good idea because some of these players after their sophomore year are ready to go, but mm. they can't. Like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Could you imagine if Trevor Lawrence came out this year and went to the XFL for one year? That would be a marketing goldmine for them. Mm-hmm. So if that's something that they do continue to explore, that could be big for them. Well, Vince McMahon and Oliver Luck are they're doing this right. I mean, like you said, if you can get like these sophomores out there that look really good and they don't want to go to school anymore and they want to get paid in the meantime, like it's a way to do it. I mean, yeah. you're not going to face off against. You're going to face off about the same level of talent. I mean, maybe a little bit better because I mean, some of these guys were on NFL rosters right. three months ago. Right. So I mean, it, it it's it's a fun league. It gets it scratches your itch, but I do think they need star power. Yeah. I heard, there's another thing too. I heard that was interesting. I think they called it like well, well, there's eight teams. Yeah. So they call it like team number nine or whatever. So there's a a ninth team that is strictly a practice squad team that any of the eight teams can pull players from if they need. Interesting. Yeah, so it's the, they, I think they called it team number nine. And these guys are all on a practice squad together. And if New York has an injury, they can go pull anybody off this team they want. Houston, anybody. They can pull guys off of it, and they just continue to refill that team with players so that there's always guys that are in shape, trained, and ready to go, and, like, 
I don't know, certified is not the right word. Right. Whatever the XFL does to get the players in, they're already integrated into it. Mm-hmm. So they have this, they, I think they called it team number nine or something like that. That does start to ring a bell. Yeah. It, so it's, it's, like a, it's like a minor league team for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be interesting, cause, or even if they can incorporate this as a minor league yeah. league for the NFL, because there's always been talks of that, that they want to do a minor league system. So you could do a shortened season, like yeah. you know, eight weeks or something. Yeah, do the do this. I mean, it it it's interesting. I like it. I mean, it's it, to me. I'm not gonna purposefully sit and wait for a game to come on. But right. if it's Sunday afternoon and I don't have much going on, or if it's Saturday evening, do you have a team yet? Do I have? A, I like New York. See, I don't know anything about any of them yet. I'm gonna have to do some looking. New York. I, I it's do probably like gonna York. come down to color schemes and team. And that's where it was for me. I like the the black and silver look to them. I mean, um, I do like the Raiders. You do like see. And see? Tommy Terrific's talking about going to Oakland. Well, I heard that Vegas, whatever. Vegas. Yeah, I heard that. Don't, well, if don't you, want that. If happen. you read the tea leaves, though, that Spawn Diggs is going to the Patriots because he's unlike everything Minnesota related on Instagram. Because you know, Instagram is the breaking news these days. No. For athletes, because yeah. Tommy trolled every single one of us for the halftime show. That was pretty good. Or the halftime commercial, where he's, is he walking or is he, is he coming in and coming out? No, by the way, it's Hulu. He's just doing a Hulu commercial. He's just doing a Hulu commercial. Yeah, yeah. Not going anywhere. And if you want to really troll somebody, Tommy, <laughs> come on our show. Hey, now that would be a troll job for you. Sick troll, bro. Right. All right, what else we got XFL-wise or anything else you want to touch on before we shut this thing down nah, for the week? No, nah, man, I uh, I don't have too much else. Um, thank you guys for listening to us. Thank you guys for being patient with us. And keep listening for breadcrumbs. Yeah, and don't forget to like and share, subscribe, follow, tweet, retweet. I don't know what they call it on Instagram. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Post whatever the hell it's called. Do all that stuff and whatever platform you're listening on. Give us those rates and reviews. That stuff helps spread our name out there. Mm-hmm. And just word of mouth. Tell one person. Yep. You know, if everybody tells one person, our pool grows a little bit. So, and what we talked about at the beginning with our little breadcrumbs. Drop a comment on Facebook after this episode posts and let us know what you want to see us give away. What do you think the free giveaway that we're going to do might be? So mm-hmm. give us the give us your thoughts or what you think it is, what you want it to be, whatever. So I think, I think with that we can probably shut this down for the week, don't you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go green. Have a good week, guys. Go blue.